0: talking about the glory of the Lord being revealed. Amen. And I'm going to read the Kinnikopan prophecy once again because I need you to get it in your spirit. Amen. Amen. When God gives us a word, amen. The Bible says you believe in the prophet, so shall it be. Amen. You shall prosper. But you got to believe the word of the prophet. Come on, say amen amen, somebody. Because that's where your prosperity lies. Believing that God is speaking through him and to you. So, as you read this prophecy, you got to look at it as God speaking directly to me. Once again, we know this is a year of fabulous outpourings from heaven. Notable miracles at the hands of not only ministers in the fivefold ministry, but just among the people. Some might say, "That's That's me. Believers will lay hands on the sick, and notable miracles will be done. Some might say, That's me. He said, but watch for the children. Watch for the children coming forth with miracle working power manifest around them. Say, that's my child. (laughs) And they are just children. And they will be just children. And I'm not talking about the 15 to 20 year olds. Of course, they're involved. But saith the Lord, watch the little ones. A child shall lead them. Many things are going to be happening in the kingdom of God in 2017, and it won't be anything like you thought. It'll be grander and greater, an outpouring such as has never been seen before, saith the Spirit of grace. Somebody say, I'll take that. that. Come on, somebody, I say, I'll take that. Well, we know that outpouring is none other than the glory of God being revealed. And we've talked about all the good things that's going to take place in the revealing of God's glory. And we've even seen descriptions of the glory, how it's going to manifest, what it's going to look like. We know it's going to be the form of fire and a cloud. Come on, say amen, somebody. But we also found out there's another element of the glory we need to see because why? There are times when when the glory shows up, it's not all peaches and cream. Especially to those who are not walking in the light amen so once again turn to Isaiah chapter 2 look at verse 7 we know you know amen glory to God these people were, were humbly bowing themselves before idols voluntarily humbling themselves before idols and here in verse 7 it says their land also is what full of silver and gold neither is there any end of their what treasures their land is also full of horses neither is there what any end of their what in other words, they were in prosperous times. Amen. But these were also times where people trusted in their riches and not in God. And say it again. These were also times where people trusted in their riches and not in God. And there are a lot of people in this world like that today. And Once again, you don't have to have money to be like this. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And you know who they are. They're the ones that are working two or three jobs trying to get money, and in the process forsaking God. I know I'm going to get a lot of amens on that. So in verse 8, it says, their land also is what? Full of idols. They worship the work of their what? Their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. See, we know an idol is anything that you put in the place of God. Amen. And once again, you don't have to be rich to do this. And this land is full of idols. Matter of fact, like I stated last Sunday, you can tell by the attendance in churches. Hello, Amen. Amen. So it says in verse nine, and the mean man bowed down, bowed down. In other words, they bowed down, but not to God. And the great man humbled himself; they humbled himself, but not to God. So Isaiah says, therefore, forgive them not. Forgive them what? Not. Verse 10, he says, enter into the what? Rock and hide thee in the dust. For what? For the fear of the Lord and, of, and for the what? The glory of his what? Majesty. Because the glory is going to be revealed. Amen. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of this glory. You don't want to be on the wrong side of this revealing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because when the glory shows up, the glory of His Majesty shows up, verse 11 states, and the lofty looks of man shall be humbled. And the haughtiness of men shall be what? Bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be what? Exalted in that day. I'm telling you, folks, the glory is going to humble those that think they're all that and some. Come on, those that believe that everything they have today, everything they got, They got it to it by themselves, and they didn't need God to get it. Come on, there are those that that, that believe the only reason people go to church is because they're in trouble. Or they're going through something, so that's why you got to find God. But I'm I'm not in trouble, so guess what? I don't have to find God. You have people that believe like that. But it says there's those high and mighty people are going to be humbled when the glory is what? Is revealed. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the Lord said, I will be exalted in that day. Then in verse 12, it says, For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be what? Be upon everyone that is what? Proud and what? Proud and lofty. And upon everyone that is what? Lifted up. And he shall be brought low. And this is a word for a lot of people, not only outside the church but a lot of people that call themselves in the body of Christ. Amen. Come on. It says, for in that day the Lord of the hosts shall be upon everyone in the proud and lofty and, everyone upon, and, and upon everyone that is lifted up, he shall be brought what? Low. When the glory shows up, things are brought low, folks. Amen. And we've seen last week, we've seen there are times when the glory showed up, it brought forth judgment. Go to Numbers 14, verse 1. We've seen there were times when the glory showed up. It brought forth judgment. Now we know Moses sent out the 12 spies to spy out the promised land. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we know 10 of those spies came back with a bad report. And when they told the congregation what they'd seen, the congregation got discouraged and wanted to go back to Egypt. So here in verse 1 it says, And all the congregation did what? lifted up their voice and cried, and the people did what? Wept that night. And all the children of Israel did what? Murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had what? Died in this what? Wilderness. See, those ten spies with the evil report represented, I think, is pastors. Why? The people rose up because of the misinformation from the ten pastors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Look at verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, what? Joshua, what? The son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of what? Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, and rent their clothes. Once again, I pray that I'm counted with Joshua and Caleb. The number of the two that had the good report. Walter, turn this air on right here. Of the good report, what they do? They tore their clothes as a sign of mourning because why? They seen that the people of God had lost their faith in God. So it says in verse 7, And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is a what? An exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this what? Land and give us. And a land what? Flowing with what? Milk and honey. In other words, don't you know who our God is? Verse 9, they're pleading to these people, but only what? rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are what? Bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is what? As with us, fear them not. You think that would have been enough encouragement to say, okay, let's go. Take the land. But it says in verse 10, but all the congregation bade stone with bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord what? Appeared. The glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Listen, the glory showed up for two reasons. Come on. Number one, it showed up to protect those that believed the report of the Lord. But number two, it showed up, what? To pass judgment on those that came against what God had said. Look at verse 21. It says, but as truly as I live, all the earth, what? Shall be filled with the, what? Glory of the Lord. Verse 22, because all those which have seen my glory, seen my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not what? Hearken to my voice, not one, he says, not two, but ten times. So we know God is a God of mercy, but there comes a time when you wear out the mercy of God and you put yourself in a position of judgment. He gave them an opportunity to hearken to his voice, but they did not listen. Come And because of that it says in verse 23 surely they shall shall what? Not see the land which I swear unto their fathers neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. In other words they're not going to walk in it. They're not even going to see it because why? They refuse to humble themselves and do that which is right. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And none of those that went against God saw the promised land. They spent 40 years in the wilderness until all of them died. That's the word, folks. Somebody say that's Bible. God doesn't change. People think God changed. God says, I'm a God, I change not. But I like verse 24. Because it says, but, and see, we're the but in this case. Somebody say, we're the but. He said, but my servant, Caleb, turn to your neighbor and say, "Hello, hello, Caleb. But my servant, Caleb, because he had what? Another spirit with him and has followed me fully. Followed me fully. Followed me fully. Followed me halfway. Only when I feel like it. Follow me what? Fully, says him. Will I bring into the land where whereunto he went, and his seed? shall possess it come on we're going to the promised land folks and even your children are going to possess it why because we refuse to compromise the word of God and when the glory shows up at times it will bring forth judgment for those that refuse to adhere to the Lord come on go to number 1619 it will bring the it'll bring the proud to their what to their knees we have seen it again in number sixteen, nineteen. Number sixteen, nineteen. When Korah, Dathan, and Eliab rose up against Moses and Aaron, because why? They felt they were passed over when it came to ministering to sacrifice, circum- sacrifice the, the servant in the sacrificial service, more or less. I know what they did because they felt they were slighted and they didn't get the promotion they influenced 250 leaders to go along with them go along with their mess as a matter of fact it says they were famous in the congregation and it said they were men of renown men of what renown and like i said last sunday there were some famous pastors and men of renown that went the wrong direction concerning that past election even though they knew what the word of God said about certain issues. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. And in verse 19, it says, And Korah gathered all the congregation, what? Against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the, of the congregation. And what happened? The glory of the Lord appeared unto what? All the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourself from among this congregation that I may what consume them in a moment. But once again, you know, Moses and Aaron, you know, being men of God, they intercede for these rebellious people. But they interceded because they wanted to make sure that the judgment of a few then pass on to the judgment of the many. I mean, on the, the many. Come on, say amen, somebody. So they want to protect the congregation. So it says in verse 22, and they fell on their faces and said, oh, God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin? And wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. Get away from those people. And Moses rose up. And went unto Dathan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be what? Lest you be what? Consumed in all their sins. That's why it does make a difference of who you follow. Come on, say amen, somebody. You can end up being consumed in all their sins and receive their judgment. That's why we honor and respect men, but we still follow God. Look at verse 27. So they gathered from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan and Abraham on every side, and Dathan and Abram came out and stood in the door of their, of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. For I have not done them of my own mind. And then he says in verse 29, if these men die a common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. In other words, if they die a normal death, then I'm not a prophet. I'm I'm not the man that that God chose for this job. Come on, say amen, somebody. What was he doing? He put everything on the line. Come on. If God be God, serve him. If you not be God, then you serve your bail. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Look at verse 30. It said, but if the Lord makes a new thing, a what? New thing. Now, we want a new thing, like I said last week. But we don't want this new thing. <laughs> amen. But if the Lord do a new thing, and the what? Earth open up her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them and they go down quick into the pit then you shall understand that these men didn't provoke us they didn't come against us they actually provoked the Lord and it came to pass As he made an end of speaking, the last word rolled off his tongue. That the ground did what? That the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth did what? Open up her mouth and swallow them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their what? Goods. And they and all that appertained unto them went down, what? Alive in the pit. And the earth closed up upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. It doesn't pay, folks. It doesn't pay. Come on, say amen, somebody, to be on the wrong side of the glory of God. And you can be on the wrong side of the glory of God by putting your mouth on people. Amen. You can put your mouth on the wrong person. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, say amen. Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my promise no harm. Amen. Don't put your mouth on preachers. Even if they're wrong, don't put your mouth on them. Say it again. Even if they're wrong, don't put your mouth on them. It's God's job to correct them. Hello. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So they went alive into the pit. Verse 34. And all Israel that were round about them did what? Fled at the crowd. Because they heard all this screaming as it's going down. For they said, lest the earth what? Swallow us up what? Also. Now, God not only dealt with Coran, Nathan, and Abraham, but we found out he also passed judgment on the 250 that went along with them. Look at verse 35. And there came a what? A what? Fire from heaven. So one one group got what? Swallowed up. (laughs) And the other group got torched. There came a fire from the Lord and did what? Consumed the 250 men that what? That offered incense. What does fire represent? The glory of God. God is a consuming fire. But in this case, they were literally torched with the fire of judgment. Come on, are you with me out here? And once again, you would think, after the congregation seen this and they witnessed this, you would think, you would think, they would have learned their lesson. You would think they would have treated Moses there a little better. Come on, say amen, somebody. Glory to God. But they didn't. Look at verse 41. It says, but on the the next day, on the morrow, come on, all the congregation, not one or two, all the congregation of of the children of Israel did what? Murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of God. You, You killed them. You killed them. And it came to pass. When the congregation was what? Gathered against Moses and against Aaron that they looked towards the tabernacle of the congregation and behold what happened. The cloud covered it and the what? The glory of the Lord appeared. The glory showed up again. But this time it's not going to be well with them. Come on. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces, once again, praying for these rebellious folk. Glory to God. You know, God gives pastors much patience. (laughs) Let me say it again. God gives the men and women of God much patience. Because you leave it to most people. Y'all, most people would have been torched a long time ago. <laughs> torch them. Lord. Just torch them, Lord. Just Give me a new one. Give me a new one. Give me a new one. <laughs> but God gives us patience. Come on. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Even when you're at your worst, I still got to pray. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And God answers our prayers. Thank, say thank you, Jesus. Amen. So it goes up and says, get, get up from you among this congregation, God says, and I may assume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and Moses said in the air, take a censer and put fire there in from off the altar and put on the incense and go quickly into the congregation and make a what? An atonement for them, for there is wrath gone out of the Lord, out from the Lord, and the plague has begun. We're brought on the plague. They're murmuring and complaining, and coming against Moses and Aaron. Amen? That's why you got to be careful when you come against people, because why? Wow, a lot of people are sick because of this thing out right here. Hello? And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the what? The plague was what? Begun amongst the people, and he put on incense and made what? an atonement for the people. Now, we know that there were three aspects of the miracle that took place on the positive side of the glory. The first one, it says in verse 48, he stood between the what? He stood between the what? The dead and the living. This is saying there were people who were alive, but they were gravely, healed, Ill, gravely Ill from the plague. Aaron's incense service prevented them from becoming worse. That was the first miracle. Somebody say that was the first aspect of the miracle. Then it says, and the plague was what stayed. The plague was what stayed. The plague was stayed, meaning from that point on, no one else became ill. That was the second aspect of the miracle. Then verse forty nine it says, now that they that now they that died in the plague were what fourteen thousand and seven hundred. Besides them that died about the matter of Korah. In other words, make sure you're on the right side of glory. Amen. Don't compromise the word of God. Amen. Verse 15, Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was what? The plague was what? The plague was stayed. This was the third aspect of the miracle. Those who had become ill were totally healed. you right, listen to me out here. So when the glory shows up, it can bring forth what? Amen. Judgment and healing. But we're talking about judgment right now. <laughs> then we looked at a familiar story in the New Testament where there was a, there was a fabulous outpouring of the God, Spirit of God flowing in the New Testament. And we've seen where two people that you're very familiar with, you know their names, amen, from Bible school, come on. What are their names? Ananias and Sapphira. Everybody know those names? Everybody heard about Ananias and Sapphira? Amen. Amen. Come on, him and his wife lied about an offering they were giving after they sold their land. Amen. Acts chapter 5 verse 3 says, And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the what? Holy Ghost and keep back what? Part of the price of the land. Come on, the Holy Ghost was really flowing in the service. Come on, say amen, somebody. It was at high. The glory of the Lord had been revealed. There was a heavenly outpouring on, on them at this time. That's the wrong time to lie. Yeah. 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 And he says, why have you, has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Not to me, but you lied to who? The Holy Ghost and keep back the part of the price of the Lamb." While it remained, was it not thy own? And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou what conceived this thing in thy what heart? You see, we don't see your heart, but God sees your heart. God knows your motives. See, you may look to us like well, they, they the most spiritual person I've ever seen in my entire life, but God said, "No, they ain't." <laughs> <laughs> God said, I see their heart. You don't see what I see right now. Amen. amen. But he says, Why is that see this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto who? God. And Ananias, hearing these words, did what? Amen. Fell down and what? Gave up, Gave up the ghost. And a great fear came on all them that heard these things. Come on, say, Amen, somebody. Amen and they buried him, <laughs> amen, and as the men were coming back, amen, from burying Ananias, come on, they come in the door, now Peter's talking to Sapphira, Peter, Peter asked his wife the same question, and she also lied in verse 9, then Peter said unto her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord, and like I said, That's where you draw a line with your husband and wife. That's where you draw a line between a husband and wife. That's where you draw the line between a husband and wife. Come on. Like I said, I'm not going to hell with you. I love you, but you're on your own. Amen. I am not going down that path. I'm not going to the club with you. Because you think, well, if you love me, you do that. No, 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 no. I draw a line when it comes to the word of God. Come on. And the husband and wife, that's where you draw a line. You draw a line when it comes to the word of God. If it violates the word of God, I don't care how much you love them. You better not go. Amen? Amen? Or you be like Ananias and and Sapphira. Come on. Because it says what? How is it that you agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and they should carry it out. Because why? That's the last thing you're going to see is their feet. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and then she what? Then fell she what? Straightway at his feet and yielded up their ghost. And the young man came in, found her dead, carried her for buried her by her. Agreed husband. Now they're really in agreement. (laughs) Agreement being dead. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as what? Heard these things. So we see bad and good judgment showed up at the same time because in verse 12, the same glory, in the same outpouring it says, verse 12 it says, in the hands of the apostle were what? Many Many signs. So the glory was still present. But now the glory was manifesting what? Many signs and wonders it was what among the people, and they were what of one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest does no man join himself to them. But the people what magnify them, and believers were what added more, more added to the church. Multitudes of what men and women, the outpouring continued to flow, folks, and people got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse fifteen, and so much that they brought forth what sick into the streets, and laid them on beds and couches. Why? In this outpouring, we're talking about people being sick are going to be healed instantly. Amen. 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 I'm talking about miracle signs, and wonders. We already read the prophecy, they're going to bring them into the church, folks. They're going to bring them to the church to get healed. Come on, say amen, somebody. Say, so laid them on beds and couches, but at least the shadow of Peter passing by might what? overshadowed some of them we know that shadow wasn't his shadow that we see here that shadow was the glory that was on him come on say amen somebody verse 16 there came also a what multitude out of cities round about unto Jerusalem bringing what six folks and them which were what vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed some of them they were healed what everyone. I'm looking for God to heal everyone. I'm looking for a time that everybody gets healed. Come on, say amen somebody. That happens in the manifestation of the glory in his revealed glory. And like I said last week, the glory is not limited to the Peters or the clergy in this this glory. Come on, the the prophecy said you're going to go forth in power. You're going to lay hands on the sick. The glory is going to be upon you. That when you pass by, the glory that's on you, they're going to get healed instantly. Amen. Somebody say, I'll take, that. I'll take that. But I noticed something about the glory when reading these accounts. Amen. Like we said earlier, the glory showed up for two reasons. One, it showed up for judgment. But it also showed up as a shield of protection. Look at Numbers 14.10 again. As a what? Shield of protection. Because it says, but all the congregation did what? Bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord what? Appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Listen, there was no way they could have gotten out of this situation on their own. They could not have outran those rocks. Come on, say amen, somebody. And stoning was the most brutal and horrible way to die. But when the congregation got ready to stone them, what happened? The glory showed up and shielded Moses and Aaron and they put down the rocks. What stopped them from being stoned to death? The glory of the Lord. It appeared to do what? To protect them, folks. Then we see when the congregation rose up against them the second time in number 1642. It says, and it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against what? Moses and, the, and against Aaron, that they looked towards the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, what? The cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord did what? Appeared again. The glory showed up again. Why? Why did it appear? To protect the men of God. Somebody say protection listen, you may end up in a dangerous situation this year. You may be somewhere or someone someone may even pull a gun on you. Or you may be facing some serious persecution on your job, even to the point of physical. But I'm here to tell you, if you believe on the glory, that glory will show up and protect you from whatever the enemy is trying to throw at you. Somebody say the glory, glory. will protect me. Glory. Come on, he'll be like Pharaoh. Come on, it'll be like Pharaoh. See, Pharaoh was representative of Satan's demonic forces, folks. Because as you know, when you became born again, Satan was really upset. He was really upset. He lost a good disciple. I know he lost a good disciple with me because <laughs> I, was, I was one of his chief disciples. I got him many converts. <laughs> Thank God I flipped on the other side. Come on, say amen, somebody. But Satan was upset. Then he became really upset when you found the word church that was going to teach you who you are in Christ and teach you how to get all your stuff back. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But just like Pharaoh, when the devil finally came to a senses and realized he lost you, he tried everything conceivable to try to get you back. Come on, say amen, somebody. Even to the point he tried to take some of you out, He tried to take some of you out with sickness, some of you out with disease, or by some accident, or he used people to come against you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, you may have been thinking, and what people do when they go through persecution or tribulation or some type of tribulation or something that's coming against them, they'll say, man, why did I get saved? Come on, life seems like a lot better when I was a heathen. It was simpler. Come on, say amen, somebody. I didn't have to go through what I'm going through right now now that I'm a Christian. seems like everything's coming at me. Sometimes say, because why? People say that because why? They don't realize that God's got their back. And God has protected them even when they didn't know God was protecting them. But Satan has done everything he can to try to knock you off this word folks come on say amen somebody turn to Exodus 14 5 come on people have said that they have said that man it seemed like life was much easier when I was a heathen come on I had money now I ain't got no money <laughs> And I'm a Christian now. What's going on here? What mean is this? Come on, <laughs> hey, man. Seems like everybody loved me in a job. Now everybody hates me. They look at me and you know, snicker behind my back and all that stuff, and whisper and all that stuff. I, I used to be. Everybody used to love me when I walked in the door, but now they run from me. Something's wrong here. <laughs> all I did was get saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. No, that's what my family did to me. They treat me like I was the plague. <laughs> Amen. They come up to visit from Ohio to Detroit. My sister lived right next door. and They wouldn't come and visit me. <laughs> my house my, I, our house, my sister's house was like from here to here. Only thing between her and my house was her driveway. And I would see them going in her house. And they wouldn't even come see me. Amen. Wouldn't even say, hi, how are you doing? Come on, say amen to somebody. And I was wondering, man, all I did is get saved. All my friends left me. I didn't have a friend. I didn't have nobody to talk to. I didn't have no Christian friends. I felt like I was on an island in Detroit. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And it gets kind of boring. When you by yourself and you don't know nobody, and you feel like you're the only one saved. And you just pull your thumbs, you know, you're gonna watch so much Christian TV. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get to church on Sunday, but but Monday through Saturday, war. Oh, I felt like I was going through a war zone. My flesh was fighting me, nobody helped me, nobody praying for me. You know, and know, I kind of succumbed every coming in there, but we don't go with that. Exodus 14, (laughs) 5. It was rough until I prayed, God, give me some Christian friends. And he sent me some Christian friends that love God like I love God. And we're friends to today. Amen. We support each other during that time period. Come on, say amen, somebody. And that's what some of you need to do. Some of you don't have a lot of Christian friends, even in this church. You walk right out of here and don't know nobody. Then, when you're in trouble, you all by yourself. You don't, have, you don't even know nobody's number to call them, let alone knowing their names. I could tell somebody, Do you know their name over there? No. How long have you been going to church? About five, ten years. How long have they been going to church? Five, ten years. You know their name? No. We're in this thing together, folks. That's why we have fellowships. when We come to know each other because why? Iron sharpens iron. I'm supposed to know when you're in trouble and you're supposed to know when I'm in trouble. But How are you going to know if I'm in trouble if you won't even come talk talk to me? Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Amen. This ain't no part of my sermon, but I'm preaching good in here. It's time for us to start knowing each other. You don't go to a family reunion and say, who's that? (laughs) Do you know who that (laughs) is? Unless you ain't seen them in a long time and say, oh, you have five children. I ain't never seen none of your children. Amen. Amen. But you're supposed to know your family. You're supposed to know your family. You're supposed to know your family. That's why some of y'all run out the door too quick. Don't talk to nobody. And we have fellowships, you know, every fifth Sunday. People run out the door. Don't stay around to talk. Don't stay at Some of them will get a plate and then go to their car and go. They'll get their food, though. They may get the name of the person that served them. What's your name again? I want some of that over there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let me get back on my subject. Exodus 14, 5. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Papa Hagen used to call them the money trails. Amen. Verse 5, it says, and it was told the king of Egypt that the people what? Fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we had let Israel go from what? Serving us. That's what the devil said. Why have we let them go from serving us? And it says, and he made ready his chariots and took people with him, the principalities, the powers, the rulers, daughters of this world. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Went out with a what? High hand. Let me read that verse 8 from God's words translation. It says, The Lord made Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so stubborn that he pursued the Israelites who what? Were boldly how are they leaving? Bold. Boldly leaving Egypt. The New Century Version reads it this way. The Lord made the king of Egypt stubborn, so he chased the Israelites who were leaving victoriously. <laughs> but I like the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, he pursued the people of Israel, for they had taken much wealth of Egypt, what? With them. See, that money that was going to the kingdom of darkness at those clubs, that money that was going to the kingdom of darkness, you know, at those bars and those parties is now going to the kingdom of light. At least I hope so. But know what amazes me? What amazes me that people have a hard time with tithes and offerings. They have a hard time in giving to the church. That's helping them and others grow in the word of God. But you notice they never had a hard time giving that money at the door. At the club. They gave that money freely. Do you notice they never had a hard time giving the bartender some money and a tip. Come on. And a tip. For giving them something that would take their life instead of give life. But they never complained. Matter of fact, they left out of there broke. And then they then asked the bartender, What'd you do with my money? Did my money go for good use? Did you buy some good liquor with my money? Money. Come on, did you buy the best stuff with my money? (laughs) But people have a hard time when it comes to tithing offering. Something's wrong with that picture. Because everybody in this room has been in the world one time or another. If you think about the money you spent not even talking about your princess shows. The money you spend on the hairdos and the outfits just to go watch somebody else walk across the stage so, so you could look good in front of everybody in the, in the, in the in, not congregation, but I guess that would be a congregation for you. You spend good money on your children? Come on, the hairdressers are full. And they ain't cheap. But you have a hard time paying your tithes. And you ain't even getting a reward. You're seeing somebody else get a crown. Duh. Don't you see there's something wrong with that? At least you are coming to get the word of God and you leave out of here with something. That's going to help you out there. Yes, 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 but you have a hard time. Okay. The message Bible reads verse 8. I might got the spirit of metal with me today. <laughs> it said God made Pharaoh king of Egypt stubborn, determined to chase the Israel as they walked out on him without even looking back. Well, let me ask you a question. Has anybody ever walked out on the devil without even looking back? Come on, has anybody left boldly their Egypt? Come on, say amen, somebody. Has anybody left the world of darkness, which is my favorite word, victoriously? Come on, say amen, somebody. And God is trying to get us to realize we had the wealth of Israel or the wealth of Egypt at our disposal. Listen, all that wealth is ours anyway. Well, once again, the devil's not just going to let you walk out on him. With all his stuff, without putting up a fight, as some of you already know. Yeah. Look at verse 9. But the Egyptians did what? Pursued after them all the horses and the chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them and camped them by the what? sea beside Pararephath. And before Zephon, and when Pharaoh threw nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the what? The Egyptians marched after them, and they were what? So afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. That's what a lot of people do when they're going through a lot of persecution and affliction. They cry out, Why is all this happening to me? I thought when you get saved, the devil would leave you alone." <laughs> well, what does John 16:33 say? Turn to John 16:33. <laughs> John 16:33 says, "These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have what? Peace." Peace. But in the world, you shall shall have tribulation. Let me ask you a question. Are you still in the world? You still live here, right? You're still breathing, right? So you're in the world. Come on. Then, according to the scripture, you are going to have tribulation. Well, when is it ever going to stop? You want to you know? It's going to stop when you go to heaven. You want to go to heaven now? <laughs> I guess not, okay? Then you're going to have tribulation. That's why Jesus goes on to say, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have what? Overcome the world. You're gonna have tribulation, but the tribulation doesn't have to have you if you know where your help comes from. Where's your help come from? My help cometh what? From the Lord. Let's go back to Exodus fourteen, eleven. Come on, you're gonna have tribulation. You're gonna have challenges. But guess what? You don't approach the challenges like everybody else. Why? Because you already see what's on the other side of this challenge. You already see there's victory on the side, other side of this challenge. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you already know, I'm just going through. This too has to change. Just like seasons change, this too has to change. I'm not going to be here all my life. So Exodus 14:11 says, And it said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore has thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For had it better for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. See, we Christians are always tempted to go back to the life they came from when they have a little adversity. Come on, they're quick to leave the church that was giving them life. Quick to get offended. Come on, say amen, somebody. And Moses 13, Moses said to the people, fear you what? Fear you not, do what? Stand still. Don't you go anywhere. Don't you tuck your tail and run. Don't you quit on God. And don't you leave your church. He says fear you not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will what? Show you today. For the Egyptians who you, shall see, you have seen today, the problems that you're facing today, the home situation that you're facing today, the business situation that you're facing today, the job situation that you're facing today, whatever it is that you're facing today, it says you shall see them again no more. Somebody say, I'll take that. Somebody better receive that right now. Why? For the Lord. Why? For the Lord shall what? Fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You're not even going to have to say a word. God's going to take care of it for you. God's gonna take care of it. You ain't gotta sit there cussing, fuss, and fight with them people. and that's where a lot of people miss it. They want to speak for themselves. Want to give somebody a piece of their mind that they ain't supposed to have. You're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Come on, say amen, somebody. Some of you need to lose your mind. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, but you shall hold your peace. You're not even going to have to say a word. You're not even going to have to say a word. Why? Because the Lord is going to fight for you. Somebody better receive that. Because the Lord is going to fight for you. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore, cry thou unto me? Because he was crying too. (laughs) Amen. He says, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Listen, folks, this is not the time to go backwards. It's the time to go forward. Tell your neighbor, I'm not, I'm not going back. Tell somebody else, I am not going back. Come on, find somebody else saying, I am not going back. He says in verse 16, but lift up thy rod. Stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall what? Go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. God says, use what you got in your hand." Why? That rod represented the power of God. And guess what? You got it. Somebody say, I got it. it. Verse 17. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will give me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his souls, all his chariots, and upon his horsemen. God says, I'm going to use this situation that you're in to give me honor. You to hear what I just said. God said, I'm going to use the situation you're in to get me honor. Come on, are you with me out here? And it says, And the Egyptians, or your enemies, the Egyptians, or your enemies, shall know that I am the Lord when I've got me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots upon his horsemen. Listen, God's gonna get honor upon Satan and although he has come against you. Yes. Then in verse 19 says, and the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Well, that's one of the manifestations of the glory. It comes in the form of a cloud and fire. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was like it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by the night to these so that one came not near the other all the night. There was darkness on one side and light on the other. What was that? That was the revealed glory of the Lord. That glory protected them all night long. The enemy was right there and couldn't even touch them. He could smell them. Smell that food cooking. Come on, say amen, somebody. He could hear them talking and moving around, but he couldn't see them. What happened? The glory was a shield to them. And I'm telling you right now, listen, whenever you get in trouble, or you're in a dangerous situation, I'm telling you right now, the glory is going to show up it's going to shield you. That's why God is preaching on the glory, because why? You know what's protecting you, but you got to have faith in what you're listening to. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you hear about the glory, the more I have faith that the glory is going to protect me wherever I go. Say amen, somebody. It's going to be a shield to you. Look at verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the night. And made the sea what? Dry. And the waters of what? Were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were wall unto them on the right side and the left side. What happened? The glory parted the Red Sea. That's how powerful the glory is, folks. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea even all Pharaoh's horses his chariots and his horsemen even though the enemy may see the glory he still thinks he can get to you. That's just how dumb he is. Come on. So he'll continue to come after you. He'll continue to come after you. He'll continue to come after you. you. Some people get discouraged because why? It seems like there's trial after trial, temptation after temptation. seems like one one minute minute they get out of something and something hits them again. And they say, when is this going to end? When can I be on free and easy road? Why? Because the enemy knows what you don't know. The enemy knows God has a plan for your life. And he's going to do everything he can to knock you off that plan. So he'll keep coming at you, keep coming at you. Why? He has to get you distracted to get you off the path that God wants you to be on. Come on, say amen, somebody. So it says, verse 24, And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the what? the what pillar of fire and of the what? What is the pillar of fire in the cloud? Glory. What's the pillar of fire in the cloud? Glory. The glory. He did what? He troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. That they dragged them heavily. So that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Yeah. The New Living Translation reads it this way. The New Living Translation says, But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from a pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces in total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making making the chariots difficult to drive, and they said, Let's get out of here, away from the Israelites. The Egyptians shouted, the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. The Lord is going to fight your battles, folks. They're going to say, leave them alone because I've seen God work in their lives. God is fighting for them. Come on, say amen, somebody. But for some, it'll be too late. Why? Because when people coming against you, some of them just take it too far. God gives them warning after the warning. Leave them, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. They're my child. I am yours. Th- they're my child. Leave them alone. But some people are just stubborn. So what happens for them stubborn people? It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand over the sea. The people are still coming against you. That the waters may what? Come again upon the Egyptians, upon their what? Chariots and upon their what? Horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea. And the sea what? Returned to its strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians what? Fled against it. And the Lord what? Overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. What did he used to throw, overthrow them? It was the glory, folks. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Then the Lord said, you shall see them again no more. Amen. Then he said, you shall see them again no more. And said, there remained not so much as one of them. He wiped them all out. That's why you need to pray for those that's coming against you. Amen. So please leave me alone. You just don't know who you're dealing with here. Come, on, I want you and your family to live. Leave me alone, please. <laughs> please leave me alone. <laughs> Come on. Please, please leave me alone. You just don't know who I am. You don't know who's in me. I got the greater one that's on the inside me. Come on. Greater heat is in me than heat is in the... Well, please lead me alone. I said, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. The waters were walled to them on the right hand and on the left. Listen, the glory was making a path of victory for you, but a path of de- defeat for your enemies, folks. Verse 30, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead Upon the seas, floating bodies, Amen. and Israel saw what they saw—that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians—and the people what feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. I guess you better believe Moses now. But when they seen what the Lord could do, guess what? It changed their attitude towards God. And the glory will change your attitude when you see it work on your behalf and protect you in the time of need. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Isaiah 4.4. 4. We're almost done. Isaiah 4.4. 4. That's, that's what the word says in Isaiah 4.4. 4. It says, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall purge the blood of Jerusalem from the midst of thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning, the Lord will create upon every. Listen to this now, listen to this now. Take this as your own. The Lord shall create upon every dwelling place. Amen. Somebody say that's my dwelling place. My somebody dwelling. say that's my dwelling place. My dwelling. Every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assembly. Somebody say that's my church. That's A my church. cloud. A what? cloud and the smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory shall be a what defense. That means God's going to protect your home. He can protect your children in the home. Come on. Say amen somebody. The glory of the Lord shall be your what? Defense. Come on. You got to know that the glory got your back. So that means I can sleep well at night. I don't have to toss and turn, you know, you know, get up out of every rattle I hear in the house, you know, the, you know, hear the, the roof starts creaking and you jump up. <laughs> hey, man, ain't nothing but the wind moving the roof, but you cry. Oh, somebody coming to my house. Come on. No, the glory. The glory. The glory is going to protect you so you can sleep well at night. Well, go to Isaiah 58.8. In the previous verse, he's talking about fasting and prayer. He's talking about getting your flesh under control, getting your mind off yourself and off your problems and get your mind on God, which caused you to walk in love and tend to the needs of others. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Then he says in verse 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health so spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall what? Go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy what? Re-reward. Well, let me read that from the Living Bible. The Living Bible says: if you do these things, God will shed his own glorious light upon you, he will heal you. Your godliness will lead you forward. Goodness will be a shield before you. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Come on, begin to give God praise because why? You got to understand, the glory got your back. Come on, the glory's got your back. And that glory will protect you. And there was a song that we used to sing the bishop brought to the church. I tried to get my wife to see if she could remember it. I don't know if she remembered it. She didn't remember it. What's well, that? Psalms 3.1. Some of you remember we used to sing this song. Remember the song, Lord? How are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise against me. Many would say, be would say, of my soul, there's no help for him and God. But Thou, O Lord, O a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. But Thou, O Lord, O a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Then he says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy heel. I lay me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me round about. Why? For thou, O Lord, Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the litter of my head. Come on, thou, O Lord. For thou, o Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. Come on, he's a shield for you. folks. Let's lift your hands and begin to worship. The glory and the lifter of my head.